welcome to the Journal Dalla Ease, The Explainer. This is a bonus episode brought to you by our investigative platform, Noteworthy, where we carry out journalistic projects based on ideas sent to us by the public. I'm Susan Daly, and this week at Noteworthy, our reporter Niall Sargent conducted a cross-border project that looked in detail at the Irish poultry industry and one particularly murky outcome of its expansion. The team included the Detail Investigative Unit in Northern Ireland, as well as Ella McSweeney, who published her work in The Guardian in the UK. The whole project was supported by journalismfund.eu. Now, Niall and Ella, thanks for joining us today. We are going to be talking about that age-old story of the chickens and the egg, but with an industrial-scale twist, because poultry farming is playing a big economic role in the border region on this island, and has been described as a farming and industrial success story. So Ella, just how important is the sector now and why is it growing so much? Yeah, it's great to, to be on. Thanks for having me, Susan. Um, you know, either side of the border, it is um, reasonably significant. You know, in Northern Ireland, in terms of indigenous industries, in general, the agri-food accounts for, agri-food sector accounts for about a third of all manufacturing jobs, around 24,000 farm businesses. And the estimate is that three people are working for every one farm business within the supply chain. Poultry is a is an important part of that. You know, it's a multi-million pound business. 60% of sales end up in, in Britain. And there are, it's hard to get your head around, there are 25 million poultry birds in Northern Ireland. So that gives you a sense of the scale of it, how intensive it is as well. And, you know, putting aside the question, which I think is important about the quality and pay and conditions associated with some of these jobs, you can say it's a significant employer. In Ireland, the uh, industry is very much concentrated in North Monaghan, as it has been historically for quite a while. And again, rural part of the the world, important employer in those areas. You're talking about 5,000 or so jobs. So it is certainly not to be sniffed at. That is some rapid growth indeed. And Niall, you've discovered though, with the increasing numbers comes another problem. For want of a better phrase, the amount of poop produced by these birds. Yes, that's exactly it, Susan. The problem with having more and more birds is that there's more and more poop or litter produced. And on top of that, the ammonia emissions that come in it that are already at dangerously high levels on our island. So exposure to high concentrations of ammonia in the air can cause burning of the eyes, the nose, throat. It can even result in blindness, lung damage or death in extreme cases. And even inhalation of low concentrations can cause coughing and throat irritation and people with asthma are at particular risk. Ammonia, aside from the health issues, is also a leading cause of biodiversity decline. It can cause significant loss, and this is really important, of low nutrient habitats like small lakes or bogs or heathland. And of course, that's the sort of landscape that dots the border region, exactly where the farms are. So in Monaghan alone, there are 250,000 tonnes of litter produced every year. And an EPA study last year found that ammonia from the poultry farms are one of the key impacts on three protected areas along the border region. So a big economic player, but there are impacts too. We don't think about ammonia as an outcome of agriculture. Um, Ella, I know this is something that you've been thinking about. Could you tell me a little bit more about this and, and the toxicity of it all? Yeah, I mean, we think of agriculture, it's fair enough, you know, it's about sausages and chicken fillets and vegetables and all the rest. But, you know, an outcome of agriculture is ammonia 
um, because ammonia is a form of nitrogen and, uh, you know, the birds are in, we're talking about poultry. I mean, ammonia comes very much from cattle and, and the rest, but when it comes to poultry, it's also part of the problem. One of the, the, the issues in agriculture accounts in general for about 98% of all ammonia emissions. We have 10 times too much of it in, in, in Ireland. Uh, and as Niall mentioned, you know, we have exceeded our EU legal limit since 2016. But I think it's interesting. I mean, if you think about something like, I don't know, like a wet bouncy bog, anyone when they were younger, maybe they went on a school trip and you go on these bogs and they're full of lichens and mosses and insect eating sundew plants. And there's a bog called Mononay Bog in Fermanagh. And you've got to think of these bogs in Ireland. They're kind of like the Amazon rainforest at a minuscule scale. They're really, really biodiverse. Um, but ammonia pollution has turned Mononay bog into a kind of graveyard with white broken bits of lichen, like dead bones, as it was put to me by a nitrogen scientist. And there's mosses and the diversity was replaced by a kind of gloopy mess of sick, slimy algae. That is absolutely because of ammonia pollution it is a toxic pungent suffocating form of nitrogen that um you know is also very sticky so it goes through the air and as it wafts through the air into bogs and into woodlands things like lichens which depend on clean air because they get the nutrients from the air they breathe in the air um they die um and it, it but it isn't just a story about sensitive habitats it is also a story eventually about things like oak trees you know, scientists are really clear about this. Oak trees eventually will be at risk from high ammonia levels. And ammonia, because of that, is a really local issue. Unlike, say, carbon emissions, which is very much a global issue, ammonia and nitrogen pollution is, is about local areas. It's about the habitat nearby you. It's about the oak tree near you eventually. And it's also, as Niall said, a public health hazard. So it is absolutely something that the authorities need to grapple with and need to, to sort out and the agricultural industry, of course, too. That's an appalling vista. It sounds, it reminds me of the coral reefs, desiccation and destruction, the description there to think that's on your own doorstep, as you say, that makes it extremely relatable from lichens to, to oak trees. So there's clearly an impact already from the farms in our neck of the woods, if we're thinking about the Republic Nile and the border region. But what about across and over the border where there are even more farms and more birds and presumably then more poultry litter do they have the same problems and are they getting a handle on it now yeah it's exactly the what ella was discussing there there's clearly an impact on both sides of the border and the north in in particular having their issues they are trying to control the level of litter produced now so in the north Essentially, in order to get planning permission for a new farm or to put new sheds and expand your farm and number of chicken, you now need to show that the litter produced or the poop produced will be exported off the farm. That's key now to get planning permission. And tillage farms in the Republic of Ireland are a key market because that litter and manure can be spread as a form of natural fertilizer on the soil. So now those farmers in the north have to show on their applications evidence of a poultry litter contract with a farmer in the south, as well as an official letter from the agri-research body Chagas to back this up. However, in the early stages of our research for this project, we discovered something that would completely change the course of our investigation related to this and these letters. Okay, this is intriguing and this is really the heart of what you guys have discovered with the detail noteworthy in The Guardian um, in what is happening with this letter. Ella, can you let us in on what Niall is hinting at there? What did you find? 
Yeah, I mean, the problems came to light last year when a citizen called Vincent Lusby, who's a third generation farmer from Limavadi, was digging into publicly available planning files relating to intensive pig and poultry units. And the reason he was doing this was because he was concerned about a proposed industrial pig unit that was uh, in planning near his farm. And he was concerned about the various sort of outputs of, of that potential outputs of that farm when it came to pollution. And he suspected that planners were given the green light to intensive farms based on a written contract that consignments of the animal waste would be exported to farms in the Republic to be spread as fertilizer, as Niall was saying. But what Lusby was concerned about, that they there, there weren't the legally required environmental regulations, including transboundary assessments when it crosses the border. Um, and this speaks to the issue of spreading manure, because, yes, it is a fertilizer, but you can't just spread nutrients like that willy nilly. Uh, farmers, of course, know this. You have to spread it in accordance with knowing, for example, the authorities knowing that it's not going to have a negative impact on sensitive habit habitats nearby. And this is not just a matter of kind of the authorities sort of thinking that's a good idea. It's a matter of environmental law. A European law that Ireland has signed up to. So it's a very serious issue to make sure that when consignments of manure are sent around, that um, the law is being abided by when it comes to what the authorities are sanctioning or not. So Lusby wanted to question the role of Chagas in all this. You know, was Chagas the body that could say, yeah, that's grand, you know, that there'll be no impact on, on locally, you know, legally protected habitats and all the rest. So he put together 38 planning files where Chagas letters were being used. He, he then contacted Chagas last year and said, you know, sort of basically what's the story? And it's interesting. I mean, you sort of imagine Chagas getting these letters and sort of cocking their heads because what they then looked at when they saw these letters was a, a question about sort of whether they were authentic or not, whether they actually came from Chagas. And they launched an internal investigation and they found that 60 percent of the letters they allege are either falsified or altered. Um, and so now the issue is being investigated by multi-government agencies in Northern Ireland, as well as the UK's Office for Environmental Protection, which is an independent body that investigate, uh, investigates breaches of environmental law. So what Lusby sort of inadvertently exposed and triggered was this question of authenticity of these letters. And, uh, you know, it's, it's serious because if what Chagask is alleging is correct, um, planning files in you know what what is involved and what they're saying is is that in the planning files what they allege are fraudulent letters and you know obviously that's a serious issue and 60 percent of them that is uh, you know we're talking major suspected fraud but it does sound like okay they're looking into it do the authorities have a handle on it then Niall what's happening going forward I would say it appears yes and no Susan from the information we have so you know, it as Elle outlined, it's good to see that this issue has been investigated and the investigation is ongoing at the North. But you have to take into account that the, the authorities in the North are looking at those 20 odd cases that Chagas sent to them where they suspect the letters are either fraudulent or altered. So our team, their investigative team, actually spent weeks going through hundreds of poultry farm planning applications in the last 10 years from the North. And we identified over 40 additional cases where there are Chagas letters and poultry litter contracts. Of course, we can't say anything to the veracity of those, but we asked Chagas if they would examine these additional cases, but they said it's for the Northern authorities to do so. 
We also asked the Northern authorities to examine these additional cases, but they said for the time being, they're only going to look at the list provided to them by Chagas. So there's a gap there, and we ourselves went and talked to as many farmers as we could in the Republic who are said to be receiving the litter in all of these cases, and several of them told us that they never signed any contracts, uh, and that they never, you know, t- they'd never take poultry litter to their farms, and in total, those farmers are said to be receiving over 7,000 tons of litter per year. So you're talking about a few hundred lorry loads a year of litter that are said to be coming to the, the Republic that are potentially unaccounted for. So there's still significant issues to be resolved with this with this ongoing inquiry. So you've had farmers themselves, Niall, say to you, that's not, I did, you know, that's not my contract. I don't know anything about this litter. And meanwhile, this litter is sort of disappearing into the ether because it's certainly not going where, you know, the producers were saying it was going. Yeah, that that's it. So we're we're facing into that. We we can't obviously couldn't trace down where the litter may be going exactly, but um, we know that once that litter is leaving the farm in the north, there's essentially little to no monitoring in the south to confirm that that litter is arriving at the proposed destination. So records we have seen from local authorities and state agencies in the Republic of Ireland show that there's a real lack of confidence or strength in the regulation of the industry or the regulatory system here for poultry litter. Now, unconnected to the Chagas cases, we do know that there have been cases of illegal dumping or unlicensed storage of litter in the north, with 11 cases discovered by the Department of Agriculture in the north between 2015 and 2017. And these were just during routine farm inspections for other issues. Um, the imp- they're vague on the details. They wouldn't give us the locations, the, the farms involved. But we did get photo evidence released to us through Freedom of Information. And you can see there are significant litter piles. Um, and in some cases, they're close to protected water areas and they're having an impact off the farm. So it's fairly significant what's going on there, the potential impacts of, of this issue. And Ella, that's something you were working on as well. Were you surprised to see these sort of litter piles and the photo evidence and wondering where the litter has gone? Have you any take on that? I mean, I think, you know, people listening might think, okay, this is all sort of the detail and what does it all matter? You know, mm-hmm. the reality is, is that we we need to make sure, you know, if if you have a system of food production where the outputs are food and that's fine, we need to make sure that the authorities have a a very strong handle and oversight and enforcement role in making sure that it's all done correctly and that the the outputs that include pollutants like ammonia and also nutrients that can cause serious water pollution. And remember, we're in a water pollution crisis in Ireland um, in terms of of what we're dealing with at the moment. We need to have absolute um, confidence that the authorities are across this. And I think what the investigation has uh, thrown up is the is the confidence there. Are the authorities sufficiently across this either side of the border um, in terms of one, you know, making sure that all, you know, planning files include absolutely, you know, verified authentic documentation, which I would say is, is a basic level requirement. And two then, the broader issue that I think, you know, people like Vincent Lusby are trying to raise, which is even if all the documentation is correct, where 
And how is the manure being spread? And is it being spread in accordance with environmental law? And is it being spread in a way that doesn't, that, you know, that, that, that we can be absolutely confident that doesn't cause uh, damage, especially to legally protected habitats? So, you know, what, what investigations like this do are throw up more questions, I suppose. And, you know, I think that the authorities now clearly have a job of work to do to up their game and make sure we can have that confidence that, you know, when it comes to agriculture, that the outputs are not causing uh, pollution problems. And remember, as we've said, these are pollution problems, not just for the environment. They're also for public health. Absolutely. So, Niall, as outlined there by Ella, things are clearly going to have to change. But there is an inherent problem in terms of, look, this investigation is happening and your project has brought a focus on that. But what's the issue? Yeah, so... Like you said, the Northern authorities are investigating this issue, keeping a closer eye now on litter export documents, which is very good news, obviously. But authorities on both sides of the border are still pushing for further expansion of the industry. As Ella mentioned earlier, there's an agri um, expansion policy in the north that has played a big role in the expansion of the industry to date. We have similar proposals or policies in the south for continued expansion. So you can see there's an issue there if the numbers keep going up and up and we already have an issue of the control of where the litter is going. We have, you know, hundreds of pages released to us from local authorities in the south, particularly from Monaghan County Council, which obviously has the largest concentration of poultry farms in the Republic of Ireland. Those records from their environmental team are very, very clear that they don't have the resources or manpower at a local authority level to monitor where all the litter is is going. So that's a significant problem. It's been raised to the Department of Agriculture. It's been raised to the EPA as well, who would license the larger scale farms, over 40,000 birds. But the authorities are at a local level are still very concerned that the resources are not there for them to adequately monitor that litter is going exactly where it's supposed to be from the source to the end farm. So there's also another authority, the Law Pro, which looks at water issues at a local level, and they've been highlighting this problem of lack of resources, lack of enforcement for at least four or five years now, and still coming up against roadblocks. So those issues would have to be resolved at the same time if we're going to continue to expand the industry. So I think only time is going to tell now if we're facing into a, a punami crossing the border in the coming years. Wow, what a vision. And just before we go, guys, I I know that we've, we've both and we've all talked about various, um, I suppose, environmental, agricultural related and uh, nature related in- instances of, um, I suppose, things not being done by the book or, in fact, the book not yet being written. And then always we come up against the resources to enforce what should be there to protect biodiversity, human health and so on. Ella, is this something that you feel spreads across quite a number of agri-enviro-related issues? I think it's very hard to, to be able to say that without further investigations. But I think what is really clear from investigations like this is that, you know, I mean, enforcement costs money. Um, it's expensive to oversee things. You know, penalties need probably to be uh, sufficient to deter bad behavior. Um, And I think, you know, especially in the light of of Brexit, the cross-border situation uh, needs to be seriously looked at. And, you know, when it comes to cross-border cooperation between authorities in the era that we're in of data sharing and technology, it really should be 
very straightforward in many ways to be able to have oversight um, using advanced technology uh, of, of, of these issues. I suppose the question is, is the will there to make that happen? Uh, we talk about, I mean, this sort of word sustainable and sustainability, um, which you know eventually just becomes meaningless. But we talk about sustainability. What, what, what is clear from this investigation is, is that you cannot make a claim of sustainability where the authorities don't have a handle over the waste uh, that is produced. Um, so, you know, these issues matter from a point of view of how you sell the products themselves. So for the agri-food industry in general, it should matter. And then from the authorities' point of view, you know, it, it's sort of like they have one job. And uh, clearly at a local level, local council level, at a national level for the two jurisdictions, and then from a cross-border perspective, that job needs to be reassessed and there needs to be some, a, a new way of, of dealing or an enhanced way of dealing with the waste that comes because as we have said repeatedly we are talking about pollution here we're talking about pollution for our environment that we share that we all none of us own it we share it and we we are also talking about pollution that causes serious public health problems so um you know th these are serious issues that need addressing. Um, and one can only hope that investigations like this shine a much needed light on them. And I have no doubt there are a multitude of investigations that can be done in this area, but you know, this is a start. That's a great point, Ella. And thanks so much to you and Niall for shining a light on this with your investigation. And thank you for listening to this bonus episode of The Explainer, brought to you by Noteworthy.ie. It was produced by Laura Byrne. If you want to learn more about our work at Noteworthy and how we source our stories from you, our readers and listeners, head to our site at noteworthy.ie and sign up to our newsletter, which gives you an insider look at the latest investigations by visiting noteworthy.ie forward slash newsletter. Thanks for having us and see you next time.